name is Abby Weaver, and I'm a Techni researcher in film studies at the University of Surrey. I'm also the co-director of feature-length documentary about a war alongside Dr. Daniele Rugo at Brunel University, London. On this podcast, I'll be speaking about an AHRC and Partnership for Crime, Conflict and Security Research project that undertook two years of research in Lebanon. downtown Beirut. Today, very different sounds to what we would have heard years ago during the Lebanese Civil War that started in 1975 and lasted through to 1990. The main priority of this research project was to look into how the Lebanese Civil War and how conflict more generally impacts on electricity infrastructure and how that impact has a lasting effect on people's lives, even after the conflict has ceased. These are sounds taken from archive material from the Lebanese Civil War. interviewed over 25 different people from different sectarian and secular groups, from NGOs and the Red Cross, through to massacre survivors and neutral groups such as the Armenians. The research led us to speak to ex-fighters, particularly through an organisation called Fighters for Peace. The ex-fighters led us back to the battles, the sieges and the moments where infrastructure was used as a weapon. This is a segment from Assad Shaftari's testimony. I thought that everything that I was doing was proper and maybe sanctified because I was doing it in the name of the Christians, you know, or the Christianity. In each one of us, a civil war started at a certain phase in his life. For me, it's mainly when I discovered that we were not only Christians living in this country and that the Muslims uh, uh, were the other and were different, really different on the social level and on the political level. And I remember at a certain level, I had to go down with the Kalashnikov I had bought to stay at the entrance of the street where I lived with my parents. Because we were hearing, I live, uh, my parents still live uh, downtown, you know, on the front, uh, on the, uh, uh, the entrance of the Christian side, you know. And I was the only one to be there for at least uh, maybe half an hour until others came to help me. 
to, pro to defend or to protect. Nobody came that day, but the shootings were almost, you know, uh, on both sides, you know, they were coming closer, you know. So just to, to tell you that it was fear, uh, fear uh, for Lebanon and fear for the community that pushed me to, uh, I mean, to become military. Our three main contributors in the film picked up weapons as teenagers. Assad, who we are hearing the voice of in this podcast, was a right-wing Christian intelligence officer, close to the leader of the Lebanese forces. Ahed, a Palestinian refugee who continues to live in Shatila refugee camp, joined the Popular Front for the liberation of Palestine, who his father was a member of, in order to fight for his return. And Nassim, a Sunni Muslim who moved from the countryside to the city as a young boy and found himself living in poverty and took up arms with the Communist Party in order to elevate himself and others around him out of poverty. We interviewed the ex-fighters for many hours. I think the longest interview was eight hours straight and we collected over 70 hours of footage that we made into an 82 minute film. The ex-fighters talk about their recruitment process, how they came to pick up weapons, how they came to join a militia, their anger, their fear of the other. And this made us think about how today their story is still relevant and how we could learn something from their testimonies about civilians and cycles of violence. We began to make parallels with Syria, with Sudan, in Iraq and today in some parts still in Lebanon. What began a research project about how infrastructure is used as a weapon became an unravelling of ex-fighters' decisions, their trauma and their journey from picking up weapons to their feelings of regret or reflections many years later. Assad Shaftari was part of the intelligence in the Lebanese forces, and he was part of organizing the siege of Beirut in 1982 that saw 14,000 people killed. This is a segment from Assad's testimony again. When I woke up, it was very tough, really, really very tough, you know. I woke up and looked at the mirror. I saw a beast with blood, with blood on the hands, you know. I did not recognize myself. I consider myself a perpetrator, not a victim. Because I'll tell you why. I can hide behind being a victim of my political leaders, of uh, the clergy leadership, the Christian clergy leadership, the media, my background, the history, I mean, of uh, past events, I mean, that were against the Christians and similar things. Uh, 
But at a certain level, especially, I was not part of an army, you know. I was not drafted uh, against my own will. I was the one who volunteered to go into uh, the defense of the Christians and the defense of Lebanon. And at no level someone did someone force me to do what I decided to do. I could leave uh, and go home and say, listen, I don't want to play anymore. But I did not. So that makes of me irresponsible and responsible for all the things I did. The main problem is uh, what, okay, okay, uh, that's it, this is me. What to do about it? You know, many ideas come through your head, you know. Committing suicide is the, the first one and the easiest one. And many had done it. The other one is say, okay, a la guerre comme a la guerre. So in war, you do what war asks you to do, you know. And you were one out of 200,000 in Lebanon, maybe killing each other. So I had done nothing wrong. It's the logic of war, and that's it. And you stop there. You can sit in your corner and cry for long, long, long days and nights and years. And this is what I, done, what I did, I mean. Or you could say, okay, I did a huge mistake or huge things, huge mistakes, but I don't want the others to do the same. And I want to try to redeem myself. One, two, try to help others not to do the same mistakes I did and to help them if they were there to get out of the situation and if uh, they are very young, not to go through the same cycle I told you about, about discovering that we are different, to come to carry a weapon and kill. And maybe later on wake up, maybe. When the war came to a close, there was no conflict resolution, no public reconciliation, and there was an amnesty that pardoned all crimes against civilians. In Lebanon, many ex-fighters remain silent about the role they played in the conflict because they are still somehow connected, attached or associated with a political or religious group. So their individual apology becomes a group apology. There are no history books that agree on what happened during the Lebanese Civil War because this war, and history in fact, is multi-perspective. And we wanted through film to create a multi-perspective account of three very different stories fighting on opposing sides during the Lebanese Civil War. The intention of the film is to contribute to conflict prevention and sustainable peace and to engage with ex-fighters as a way to promote education around conflict prevention. How can we learn from their mistakes? About a War will be screening at the Curzon in Soho on the 28th of November and at Home Cinema Manchester on the 8th of January. Then across Lebanon in February. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us by searching About a War or Following the Wires 
A massive thank you to Dr. Daniele Rugo, my collaborator and co-director of the film, Alessandro Charino for the original music you've been listening to today, Masahiro Hirakubo, the associate producer, Dr. Dana Abiganem at the University of Manchester, Owen Shirley for his sound mix, and Joe Langton for making this podcast possible. Finally, our three main contributors, Ahed Bahar, Asad Shaftari and Nasim Asad for contributing their invaluable testimony to this research. I'm Abby Weaver. I'm the co-director of the film and techni researcher at the University of Surrey. Thank you for listening.